Okay, welcome back to Dukes Dukes for episode 33 for movie, TV, and pop culture sessions. I'm here with Blaine. He's known for having a dog. Trivia facts. I'm reading this off my phone since my Wi-Fi's down. It's the dark ages. We're back. It's it's a very dark time. No Wi-Fi. What am I supposed to do with my life? Read a book? I did read a book this morning, though. I was going to say, you were showing us books when <laughs> we walked in. <laughs> I can't commit to that. That's Books aren't cool. Hit the gym. Fair. I will. Hi! Uh, Tommy Cruise again. I don't know. What? I said Tommy Cruise last week for you, because Jim Jim Cam Cam, the joke died. Oh, yeah. It sank like the Titanic. And then it sank again, because they built the Titanic to sink multiple times, like for the movie. Oh. What about the thing in the abyss? That sank too, right? Um, it did, but it sank, but that's not the point of it. The point's that they're already underwater. The Titanic, the point is that they are sinking. The the abyss is that they're already sunk. Hmm. And how do we get unsunk, you say? Swim. Oh, swim, swim well, in the water. This week, I'm going to be hanging out in some dreams. Ah, uh, yes. we Winky, winky. We watched... Winkies. 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 That was the name of the restaurant. Yeah. yeah. We watched David Lynch movies. Yay. I don't have them written down because my Wi-Fi isn't working. We watched, okay. uh, tell me if I'm wrong, Blue Velvet, yes. uh, Eraserhead, and Macaulay, Mahalan, Kogel, and Drive. Mahalan Mahal. Drive. Yes. yes. Cool. Those are the three we watched. Yay. All right. Pick one, All Will. Right. Let's let's start with Eraserhead. Get it out of the way. Okay. So it's just Eraserhead is I mean it's it's straight up an art film. If 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 you watch it and don't get it, I totally understand. If 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 you don't like it just like Blaine, to- totally understand. It's absolutely not for everybody. Blaine, what do you think the story was? I don't know. It was just a weird alien child screaming. That's all I got. It was painful. That's all you got. Well, there was a lot of things going on, but I can't even put words to it. Like, I just have images uh-huh. popping in my head. Yeah. But, like, I don't know how to explain it. Okay. It's, it's like a, it's a weird black and white trip. It certainly is. Wait, look at me. Are, you you got anything to add to that? Turn. Um, well, I understand it more than Blaine, but I feel like Will has a better way of articulating it than I do. I don't know. Uh, I mean, it's, it, it, it's all like a fog dream reality of, like, uh, I mean, it, the whole thing's kind of like a nightmare for like anxiety, and dude, I don't even know. It's just, <laughs> there's just a lot that happens, but a lot. Like I get what it's doing, uh-huh. but at the same time, I don't. It it doesn't grip me, like because the eyes wide shut, maybe sometimes they're open. Did like the opposite for me for this, I guess. If if that makes sense, okay. Like it. They're both trying to say something, but I feel like one got me more than the other one did. Okay, so, I agree with yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's fine. You can you can absolutely. Some people are like, oh, if you don't like Eraserhead, you just don't get it. No, you can t- you can get it, just not like it. Yeah, no, I I get it, but it's like it's, and I get what it's doing once I like figured it out. But it's just like, just like okay, yeah. I mean, it was just making everything like feel like horror, right? Like the normal things in life. Like, to a degree, yeah. like getting married, having a kid, having a cow alien. Like, yeah, it's uh-huh. all it's all weird. Like the in-laws are like it, it's pretty much horrifying. Everything, every aspect. Of it. Have some weird lumps on your face. Yeah. So I mean, Eraserhead is David Lynch's first film, and it's pretty weird. It it I mean, the whole thing just kind of feels like a nightmare. Mm-hmm. It's not Blaine. You you said you were like that was not enjoyable. I don't think it's supposed to be <laughs> an enjoyable movie. Um, and I certainly wouldn't start here if you're looking to get into the filmography of David Lynch, which is why when we watched him, 
we we did Eraserhead second. It was the cream of the Oreo. Yeah, it was the cream in the Oreo, and what a cream it was. Bad cream. Yeah, I was gonna say, it wasn't good. <laughs> that's that's. It'd be a very Lynchian thing to open a box of Oreos and the cream is like all rotty and there's worms and stuff in there. I wasn't going to go there. I was just going to say the birthday cake Oreo because I don't like that cream. But you went to rot. <laughs> That's disgusting. Do you well, like the birthday cake Oreos? Like the physical birthday cake flavored Oreos. Yeah. No. Just eat a regular Oreo. That's what I'm saying. I don't like it. That's what I was going to say okay. the cream was. Why but he you, just went to rot. Why would you buy that? Because I was curious. Just buy a regular Oreo. Oh, yeah, I agree. For the same reason like that he watches the Creed films but doesn't watch Rocky. Oh. Anyway. Will, you win this week. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. It. Have I ever won? You won some early episodes. You'll, you'll win when you do Rocky. So, so Eraserhead. It, it opens. Spoilers, by the way. Uh, it opens with the, the weirdest sex scene ever put on film. Well, you don't even know it is one. You don't even know yeah, it is one. Yeah. Henry is just like, he's like half transparent in front of like a planet and he's just like bobbing up and down and then he opens his mouth and a weird sperm looking thing floats out and then falls into a pool of mercury on the moon. It's it's literally like looking at a piece of art that looks nothing like sex, but it means sex. Just, yeah. just a paper bag falls in a puddle. Yeah. There you go. A paper bag. It's kind of. It was like a weird like. Just a bunch of paper bags. Paper bag? Why are you calling it a paper bag? It just looked like a crumpled up paper bag. With the ball in the <laughs> okay. background? I don't know what you're even I don't know talking, what talking about. about bro. It just looked like a big paper bag. What What are you talking about? It's like a the, long... The thing that fell in the water. I mean, yeah, it looked like a weird long thing, but like... Yeah. Oh, you think like somebody like rolled up a paper bag? It looked like, like a crumpled long up ways? paper bag. Okay. All right. Yeah, I mean... It, <laughs> crumpled Just fell paper. in a puddle. Just Jared Kroger... The the opening scene with Henry, where he walks like under that bridge and like into that tunnel, it's almost like he's entering the nightmare world. Because like everything after that, he always looks confused and out of place, like he's not supposed to be there. And like, so like he gets to his apartment and checks his mailbox, no mail for him. He gets in the elevator and the doors take forever to shut. Like not even the elevator notices he's there, and it takes it a minute to go. Oh, there's somebody in here. I'll close my doors and do the thing the view the view out his window is just straight up a brick wall <laughs> i didn't notice that yeah, yeah. I, I i love the wide shot where henry meets the the exes that's his so his girlfriend mary their last name is the exes oh yeah 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 in, yep. in the credits it just says like mr x and mrs yep. x i did yeah. see that but there's just that wide shot when he meets mrs x and they're sitting on the couch there's that wide shot and there's just all those awkward pauses between the lines and it's just like the worst case scenario of meeting your in-laws parents because it's just so weird it is it's just weird. so weird and i sit down and at dinner and that chicken oh yeah the dad comes out and weird. he's just like look at my knees yeah and, and then they and then they have i thought you would have enjoyed that blaine no are you sure remember the last time we watched a chicken movie oh god you <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> yeah so they've got they've got man-made chickens and they're new and henry is asked to do the carving but as soon as he touches the chicken like, it starts like exuding like a ooze. brown ooze liquid and the little legs are going like up and down and then the mom starts killing the chicken and then the mom starts moaning yeah she starts freaking out and goes to the other room and then that's where it's revealed that there is a baby Mary has given birth to a baby, but they're not sure it is a baby. It's not. That is. I mean, it's a baby something, but it's not human. It's like when somebody's no. like, hey, look at so-and-so's new baby, baby, and it just looks like roadkill. She's like, oh, that's, that's a gross thing. It is, yeah. That that baby is you should terrifying. Send, you should send it back. Mm-hmm. You got the receipt? <laughs> For that baby? <laughs> Take it back to the baby store? <laughs> I got it out with someone. Mine's a lemon. Baby. I need a new one. <laughs> Did you get the warranty? Yeah, is there a, I, actually, I was going to upgrade models. <laughs> there you it's go. To your trade-in. <laughs> My SIM card doesn't work for this baby. This, this baby has bad reception. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, in, in Henry and Mary's relationship is, like, just the worst. Like, when they're, when they're just trying to get some sleep, neither of them can sleep. Mary can't sleep because of the baby. Henry can't sleep because of the baby either. But Mary is, like, rubbing her eyes and, like, pushing Henry off the bed. It's just horrible. Yeah. 
I don't. I, I think it's a it, it's a very simple story about the anxieties of of parenthood, but told in a very artistic and unique way. Some naysayers might say there's no reason for it to be told that way, but I think if it were presented as a conventional like relationship drama, it wouldn't work as well at conveying that terror and the actual feelings. Like the artistic interpretation, it it, it at least for me it communicates the feelings better than just if we were looking at a normal movie because it just there's no sugarcoating whatsoever it's so stark yeah, it's pretty yeah. gross yeah and, yeah and in the way it cuts to scene to scene it very much like it does what it needs to do says it in a weird horrifying way and then moves on there's no fluff there's silence but the silence is there to really build up the, yeah uh, most people would not like this i think i didn't well, I'm just like just a generic person would not like yeah. this. Like, well, I, I I didn't like it, but I, I, I am get it. Mm-hmm. Like, a generic person. Like if we weren't watching it for this, and I just stumbled across it. Like I would not have enjoyed this. Like just mm. watch something to like just watch a movie. Like no, yeah. you you need to watch this knowing like you got to be in a mood to watch Eraserhead. I don't even. I mean, I don't even. Well, yeah, but at the same time, it's like you shouldn't just like turn it on. It's like no. you need to watch this movie to if you want to look at like if you want to go to like if you if you're gonna pick between this and an art museum, do that. But if you're picking between this and any other movie to watch a movie, pick a movie. Yeah. Well, yeah. If you're just looking to be entertained by a movie, this is not that. This is if you're gonna watch a racer head, it's because you want to watch a racer head, because you 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 want to experience what it's like, and it, it's it's interesting. It was. I think it's at least interesting. I think it is interesting. That's why yeah. I don't think it's the worst thing we watched this week. What do you? Oh, really? Yeah. What do you think the lady in the radiator is? So there's Henry's got a radiator in his room, and in the radiator is a little stage, and there's a lady in the radiator, and she th- sings a song, and heaven, everything is fine, and she's got big fat cheeks. Yeah, I feel bad for her. Yeah, and she's, she also stomps on the sperm she, thingies. She clearly has cancer in her face. Oh, I mean, I have no clue. What, what is she? I don't know. What are your theories? I, I I think she's like Henry's guardian angel or something like that. Like it just like a force. That works in his interests. Yeah, I was reading up on. It. Apparently, it's a. Uh, it was something basically like tempting him, like you know, like this life sucks kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, Like, like she's stepping on the sperm. Is Henry wishing he was impotent and never had the child? You wouldn't want that little cow thing. Well, which well, is that's the terrifying part. Is that not only to have a child when you aren't ready? That's the the new thing that I got from it this time is not only have a child when you're not ready, but to want so bad that you fantasize about never having had it in the first place or later killing yourself just to get out of your situation. Well, that thought is terrifying to me. He eventually kills the child and then, and then that girl in the thing hugs him. So it's like, good job. You, right. You did it. Right. You got rid of the bad decision. Yeah. You You got rid of your demon baby. Messed up. Scariest movie I've ever seen. It's (laughs) freaky. Yeah. Um, I've seen Halloween, mm-hmm. and, and, and then no demon baby though. And then there's that scene where where Henry is like pulling the sperm from this little sperm thing from under the blanket. Oh, yeah, that's weird. That's uh, so gross. That's like I was like, oh my god, he is thinking about pulling the sperm out of Mary to uh, never have had the baby. Mm, Dang, like no more baby. Yeah, no more. He's demon, just no more demon baby. Yeah, and then he fantasizes about the girl next door. I don't know if that's something that literally happens or if he's just thinking, like, Mary's gone. Maybe if I have a relationship with this woman, I can just run away. Maybe have a... But then she's got, like, some other ugly guy that she brings home, and she wants nothing to do with Henry. That's because Henry produces demon babies. Apparently. Apparently so. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, why Eraserhead, though? Why why name the movie that? Because his head gets made into an eraser? In, okay, in, but, in a dream within a dream, I think. But isn't that the whole like question? Like, why an eraser? Why why was the I eraser made? I have no made? idea. I mean, if that's, oh, your, if that's your first question. To erase his mistake Is that of what having he's trying the to child. Do? Oh. Eraser head. Or, Try to erase the bad thoughts yeah, in your head, maybe? Yeah. Or or the bad deeds that you've done. Which, in, in his perspective, having a demon baby is a bad deed. Demon baby. Demon baby. This movie just kind of burned me. Burned you? It's kind of burned me. Like fried your brain? It's kind of, I don't even know fried. It's just kind of like, it's a lot happening. But That's, it wasn't for me, so I'm like, I'm not really invested in what's happening. Ah, understandable. Yeah. Understandable. Anything else? No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so David Lynch says that no one has ever a- accurately interpreted the movie in, in the way that he interprets it. Like, his own meaning for the movie 
nobody's ever gotten it right. But he's like cool with you know people interpreting it their own way. So no one's gonna guess what he right, thinks. No, his and he's not gonna tell is, you because people are like, "How'd you do the baby?" And he just goes, "No." He Someone, just will not talk about it. If you haven't seen any weird. of these movies... Well, he, he won't talk about the interpretation. I know. He'll talk about the movie, but he won't tell you what it means. He should write, like, a book of all the stuff that he won't answer, and then when he dies, just, like, have the book published. That would be fascinating. I've I've got an imaginary list of things in my head that, like, when I die, maybe maybe I'll get them answered. Who knows? But, like, what ha- what really happened to the dinosaurs? That's, that's on my list. Where is Amelia Earhart? Where's Amelia Earhart? What about that, like... That group of people, like, in American Revolution times that, like, they carved a thing on the tree and then, like, they just disappeared. Oh, is Jamestown? That kind of era. But it's like, yeah, there was, like, a group. They're like, we're going off into the woods to do something. I can't remember the specifics, but they carved something into a tree and then, like, they're just gone. And nobody knows what happened to them. That's on my list. Hmm. Random random stuff like that. What's a racer head mean? That's on my list. I killed them. Oh. Nice. Who killed Kubrick? This is my That's con- on my list. This is my confession. Oh. Oh, who killed Kubrick? Yeah. Probably Tom Cruise. Yeah. Tommy. You don't have your pilot's license? Killed him. Dead. <laughs> he just he didn't strangle him. He hit, he hit him with an airplane. No planes in the movie? Dead. <laughs> so actually, when David Lynch was working on his next film after Racerhead, Elephant Man over in England, um, some guys from ILM came by and they were like, David Lynch, guess what? We met Kubrick last night. And he invited us to his house to see his favorite movie. That's what he said. You want to come over and see my favorite movie? And guess what movie it was? Eraserhead. Eraserhead. I did actually so read Kubrick's this Kubrick's favorite movie was Eraserhead. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no. Okay. No, that's cool. And yeah. to add on to that fact, um, Kubrick made the the cast of uh, The Shining yeah. watch Eraserhead before to get into the feel of the horror. Yeah. I, I really hope he made the little boy watch it. <laughs> he probably oh my did. God. He might have. I mean, Eraserhead isn't graphic. No. Well, except for when the baby gets opened up and he stabs his like yeah. little lungs. Yeah, and but stuff. that just looks like a burnt turkey from like Christmas Vacation or something. Dude, there's organs and stuff in there. David Lynch dissected a cat. Right. And then yeah, it it Eraserhead took five years to make because they kept uh, running out of money. But it allowed David Lynch to like really sink into the world. He was living on the location that they were shooting, and they only shot at nights. If you haven't seen it, I don't know if I recommend it or not. I don't think I do, unless you're really into art kind of stuff and yeah. thinking really hard. I think you, I think you'd know if you'd be into a movie like this. I think it's you know, if if you think you might be into it, definitely worth a a, a watch. But if you if you look it up and you're like, not for me, then it's probably not not for you. Yeah, yeah. if you're not into art. It's kind of like that, if you if but you watch an F okay if it you watch a fart oh a fart <laughs> nice oh okay if you watch movies just for entertainment stay away yeah. but if you're if you're into the making of movies and you like when something is so meticulously planned out like all the moves that Henry makes his walk and stuff all meticulously planned out well, I was going to say a lot of directors praised him yeah that's what I was reading yeah like, a lot of directors liked the movie. Yeah, pe- people that are, are really into the making of film might, right, it's, might it's get a something cult. out of it. It's kind of a cult classic. That's what they were saying. Yeah, no, well, it's it's one of the original like midnight movies. So it played on like it, at midnight on Saturdays and Sundays for like years. So it, it was it was a big movie in the underground scene when it came out. Cool. Next movie, moving on to Blue Velvet. Nice. Yeah. Okay. From the mind of David Lynch comes a modern day masterpiece. So startling, so provocative so mysterious that it will open your eyes to a world you have never seen before. She wore blue velvet But in my heart there'll always be Precious and warm a memory Through the neighbor here I come you got about one second to live buddy through my tears 
Yeah. So so Blue Velvet is if you're interested in Lynch, Blue Velvet's where I would start. I would agree. It's the least amount of comp. Like you're just the when you're watching the movie, it's just you get it all. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's stuff that it's, you don't know yet, but like you understand what is happening from start to finish. There's no like maybe this thing will become like a bird that the phoenix will sprawl out of. It's like nah, it's just there's just a thing that happens, and you're just like, I wonder how this is gonna get resolved, and it gets resolved at the end. Yeah. See, I don't think I needed to watch this to enjoy uh, Mulholland Drive because I like Mulholland Drive. Okay. So I I think you could start with Mulholland Drive just as much as you could start with this one. Okay. Mm. Interesting. Disagree. I disagree. Because they're totally different things. They're not... Mulholland Drive is dreamier. Mulholland Drive is also very... When you get towards the climax, a lot of random crap happens. And yeah. And you don't get it. You still don't get it. Yeah. No. But I, what I'm saying is Blue Velvet didn't help me get it. Yeah, but you got Blue Velvet, though. Yeah. but So you should start with Blue Velvet if you just want to get a movie. Yeah, uh, that's fair. If you just yeah. want to get a movie. But... To, well, if you want to introduce yourself to Lynch's style in like the darkness, because he goes really, really dark in all his stuff. You oh, know, really? Like even... <laughs> Some of the... Dude, Frank and Frank Blue Velvet Booth, is crazy. One of the... I mean, one of the all-time scariest villains... I was, like he is awful. Reading some some facts and like some of the people he offered the role to wouldn't take it. That's Dennis Hopper wanted it really bad because I, I read a quote somewhere that Dennis Hopper said, "You have to let me pr- play Frank because I am Frank." And I was just like, "Oh uh, no!" Uh, let's take a break and call the police. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was a little messed up. Yeah. Anyways, uh, well, what's the plot of this? Okay, uh, so Jeffrey Belmont, played by Kyle McLaughlin, is home from college due to his father having a stroke. And on the way home from the hospital visiting his father, Jeffrey finds a severed ear in a field. He takes the ear to the police, where he reconnects with the detective's daughter. Uh, and that meeting sparks Jeffrey's investigation into the life of Dorothy Valens, a lounge singer who's involved with some shady folks, like Frank Booth, who we mentioned. Yeah, that's. I mean, Epic. it's it's a it's a very straightforward kind of mystery. So Jeffrey is trying to figure out what the heck's going on with Dorothy. Pretty much. So spoiler: um, the ear that was found was Dorothy's husband's. Yeah, spoilers. Um, because the she's involved with some type of gangster group kind of thing. Yeah, right? he's he's like a drug lord in their small town. So he's and he's he's even got like a guy on the police force working yeah. with him. Frank does. Frank Booth does. The guy from Curious and, George. And, and Frank has stolen, or not stolen, The man but, in the yellow suit. Yeah, the man in the yellow hat, yeah. suit. Yeah. He's got a monkey. He doesn't, he doesn't have, have a monkey. So hands. then they got Dor- Dorothy, is her name right? Yeah, Dorothy Valens. They have her husband and son. Yeah. And they cut off his, her and husband's ear. Stupid mm-hmm. hat. Stupid hat. That's stupid hat. Stupid oh, the son's hat? It's a little propeller hat. It's, it's so adorable. St- it's so stupid. What? It's so dumb. I hate that hat. Okay. <laughs> I don't think any child should ever wear And the that dude hat. on the fire truck. Oh, yeah. You hate that dude on the fire I, truck at the beginning. I told you he would come back. <laughs> that I is, told you he would come dude, back. Dude, that opening sets up everything. You've got, you know, you're, you guys thought it was the 50s at first because it's just like stereotypical 50s, you know, nuclear family, white picket fence. Look at this. But then the camera goes down into the grass and we see the bugs underneath because below the perfect surface of this small town, some shady stuff going on. What was the point of the... Uh... Uh, the main character's dad had a stroke at the beginning. Uh huh. What was the point of that? To get him home from Just, college. Yeah, I was like, okay, that's the what? only point. Okay. I maybe not, but I, I, don't, I, don't I feel know. like I've never thought about that much. That's fair. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he can come to home for college for anything. It doesn't have to be a stroke. I was just curious if there's any other meaning to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when the, do you the, love your dad? Yeah. All right. I'm not crazy. So all the stuff starts when Jeffrey sneaks into Dorothy's apartment. He he pretends to be the bug man. And sprays her apartment, and then he steals a key, and he comes back later and breaks into her apartment. And she comes home while he's there, because he's had too much Heineken and peas while his friend Sandy is beeping for him to get out of there. So get he hides in the here. closet, and Dorothy finds him and makes him strip down and does some stuff and, and points the knife at him. It's showing you that Dorothy is in control now, which right after this, Frank comes in and is in full control of Dorothy. Yep. So it's like it's it's all about that like power dynamic. So she is she's like this is my opportunity to feel what it's to see what it's like to be frank. Yeah. Like some some some, messed some psychological up, stuff going messed on there. Messed up stuff. Yeah. Man. And then Frank does some crazy things and that's where it is revealed that I think 
Frank is two people. Uh, he's got like two personalities. He's not literally two people like later in Mahal and Drive, but he's got the daddy personality and then the baby personality. And it's yeah. signified when he first comes in and he's like breathing in whatever that drug is. There's a camera move that dollies behind Dorothy in the chair and Frank is in front of her. And that's when it switches from daddy to baby because it goes around her back. So you can't see Frank for a second. And then when it comes around the other side and you see Frank, that's where he, he starts going, mommy. And then he's baby. So he's got like two personalities. And that's like the whole duality thing of like small town perfection, but it's actually like seedy underneath. Frank is two people. Jeffrey's kind of, he's got the dual women. Yep. Dorothy's, Dorothy's got some dual stuff going on with her husband, but then also Jeffrey, who's her special friend. So, a bunch of duality and stuff going on. A lot, there. Of, a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much it. Though. I mean, we go through that whole uh, drive scene where they take him to, apparently it's a Ben's. brothel. Is it? That's what they said in, when I was reading up facts. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Ben's. Suave Ben's. And Jack hated that scene. I thought it was he, the worst part of the movie. Where he sings Roy Orbison's In Dreams. I love it. Fact oh, my on God. That, I'm going to l- spoil one of my facts with that. I thought that was this, this was interesting. So the the song, The Dream. In Dreams. In Roy Dreams. Orbison. Yep. Um, he, he originally asked if he could use the song, and he said no. Mm-hmm. But he found a way around it legally and put it in the film anyways. Uh-huh. And then he, uh, the singer came to him after, after. And he didn't know until he saw it in theaters. And he came to... Uh, him and said uh, I love it let's put it in my music video or something so oh, his God. music video has the act like the that scene where he's like using the uh, light bulb yeah that's in the music video I looked it up is that's it, cool the whole music that, video yeah. is the movie yeah wow I thought it was fascinating interesting good yeah good, I, I good love song. that I, lo- I love that scene where Ben sings because it's just like it's weird because it's like the song is comforting but at the same time Ben is so evil and he's holding that light bulb and it's just shining that light up on his face. And he just, it's such an evil visual. Yeah. I did like that part of the scene, but the whole like sequence of the road trip, I did not like, but that was the good part of it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't like, um, I was just not, I was just not invested from when they picked him up from the apartment to when he woke up the next morning. Okay. I was just not invested. In Perhaps that. blue ribbon. Huh? Heineken. Fuck that shit. I'm more of a Pabst Blue Ribbon. My dad's more of a Bud Man. King of Beers. King of Beers. As as girl from Jurassic Park said. Yeah, the yeah, Sandy is uh, Laura Dern from from Jurassic Park. Yeah. Did you know? Did you know? So on the set, the ear, they were they they called the the prop ear Mister Ear. No. (laughs) And the hair on that ear is David Lynch's hair. He was getting really? a haircut, and the prop guy slept up some hair to put on the ear. Yeah, it's hilarious. So he got a haircut at the movie? Just like, yeah. He would. <laughs> interesting. He Somebody would. on the set was giving him a haircut. That's interesting. <laughs> I find that more interesting than like anything else we've said so far. Just the fact that he just got a haircut when they're making props. <laughs> it doesn't surprise me. Because this guy's he, crazy. Because that's the opening part of the movie. Yeah. So they had would have had to get a haircut before, because if like if it was like the middle of the movie and they just had like a hairstylist just giving haircuts like during lunch or something, that would be like oh okay. But like he he had to have gotten a haircut from a prop person before the movie started filming. So that'd be like if you were making a movie and you were like okay, let's go make this movie next week, but let's let's get some of the crew here a week beforehand to set some stuff up. All right, you give me a haircut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, uh, anything else to say on this? I don't have a lot to say on stuff this week, to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, I don't think... That's fair. Yeah, Jack did not like this one very much. I'm I mean, curious about the next I, one. I, I actually kind of liked this one the most, but I don't know. It My ranking is going to be kind of weird, because like, it could go... And, uh, it depends how I want to rank them, because this one might be my, in quotations, maybe favorite, but I still might rank this one last. Interesting. Okay. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a it's a weird week. Okay. Hard to rank everything. All right, let's move on to Mulholland Drive. What happened? There was an accident. A car accident. From David Lynch. 
the director of Twin Peaks and Blue Velvet. Could be someone's missing. The girl is missing. I just came here from Deep River, Ontario, and now I'm in this tree place. What's story, Blaine? God, I don't <laughs> even know. And do you have the back, the description on the back? Because you read this to us. It's a love story in the city of dreams. Yeah, that's that's what it gives you. And it's God. It's oh my God. It's this is the movie I would recommend to go watch because I I think this would be the most if you're just looking for a movie to watch a movie. Out of all three of them, this would be the movie. Okay. Mm, I still kind of disagree with that, but I would definitely, I mean, it's not a bad choice, but like, I mean, if you're just like casually watching this, you won't get the ending. No, but out of the three we watched. Oh yeah. I mean, like if you were like, well, I might go look up what the ending of this means, then yeah, I would watch this one. But if you're just expecting just to understand from start to finish what happens, no, I wouldn't watch this no, movie. This is a very, like, sh- craps all over the place. It's hard to piece. I haven't even pieced it all together. That's why I kind of, I didn't <laughs> look anything up because I want to. Well, stuff that's all over the place is the ending where it flips the whole movie on its head when you figure out that the first two thirds are a spoiler, a dream. Maybe that's that's the interpretation that I got. Me me too. Yeah. Okay. Who knows? And I I was starting to think more like she was just high, like cocaine. Well, she was like a cocaine dream. Like, but maybe we never see her shoot up anything. So, I mean, definitely a possibility. Because she looks, she looks like a drug addict. Messed up at the reveal at the end. Her teeth are all yellow and yeah. So the story on the surface is Betty is an actress who just arrived in L.A. where she meets an amnesiac Rita. Betty then tries to help Rita figure out who she is. Meanwhile, Adam Kesher is the hot new director whose leading lady is being forced upon him by, like, the mafia. And his wife is cheating on him, and he's on the run, and now he's broke. Epic. That's the that's the surface story. It gets crazy when... Uh, Betty and Rita are trying to figure out who Rita is and all the, all the clues are being given to you like, like a normal mystery. Like Rita remembers a name, Diane Selwyn. So they look her up in the phone book and go to her apartment to see what that's all about. But when they get there, there is a dead lady in her apartment. Well, but first of all, they, she switched apartments with her neighbor. So then they go to the neighbor's apartment where Diane is now saying, and there's a dead body in the apartment. So it's a lot of stuff like that. And spoilers now, I guess, because it's kind of hard to talk about this one without them. Yeah. Yeah. Blaine, I think the part that you're confused about mostly is that you may have started to piece it together, but then at the end you saw other people doing other things. Yeah. That is because for two-thirds of the movie, it is a dream. And in dreams, people can do other things. Like like your dad would be like your school teacher or something. Right. Okay. So that's why the director's mom was the landlord. Yeah. Right. Right. I'm starting to piece that together. But where I'm, is the whole first part of the movie a dream? Is there any thrown in reality? Yes and no. So Betty is actually Diane Selwyn in real life. Right. And Diane won that jitterbug contest at the very beginning. But when she arrives in L.A., that's Betty arriving in L.A. And she's all wide-eyed and stuff. And it's Diane kind of reflecting on her arrival in L.A. uh, with those old people who I think are like a representation of Diane's dream because they're happy there. But then at the end, they're like coming to get her when she kills herself. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like her dream is failing because she's a she's a failed actress. They're all going to laugh at me. And I feel like Sissy Spacek actually has a credit on Eraserhead because she did the clapper for the man in the planet scenes. Oh, yeah. She actually came by Eraserhead. Anyway. So was the dream based off of like, was she dreaming about what actually happened, like yeah, how so, she came into Hollywood and stuff, or was it the like glorification or what she wished had happened? Yes. Okay. So she's dreaming about herself as Betty, and her lover Camilla Rhodes is Rita, and both are actresses. And Camilla beat Rita for the lead role in a movie called The Sylvia North Story. That's in real life. Yep. Um, yep. Camilla then leaves Diane for Adam Kesher, the director. who's a new up-and-coming director who's recently divorced. Um, Adam and Camilla announced their engagement at a dinner where Cookie is Adam's mother. That's the apartment landlord. 
Diane is so distraught by that that she orders a hit on Camilla, where she then dreams up the prior events of the film while the hit is is happening. And once she's awake, the blue key is on her table, and the, signifying that Camilla has been killed. Because that's what the cowboy says. Well, that, no, that's what the hitman says. When it's done, you'll find this key where I told you. Oh, is that not the cowboy? No. That? The oh, cowboy okay. she sees walk in the background at the dinner. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. yeah. And that's where, where she comes up with the idea of the cowboy, I think. So she's just overrun with feelings of failure and guilt. Like failure. That's the the old people coming at her at the end is just her failure as an actress. Her dreams have failed. And okay. then she kills herself. Yep. Okay, so the cowboy really doesn't have that much significance then. Right? Maybe. I, I just don't know what it is. Right. So there's a cowboy um, during the dream where he's like, talking to the director and saying like you have to take the actress that the mafia is making that the mafia is making you take yeah so diane thinks that the reason that camilla got the roll over her is because the mafia was pulling strings for her and then also that audition scene she imagines herself as having the best audition ever but the director in that scene isn't really paying attention Got you know, it. he's kind of like the the one guy who, J- James Karen, who's from Return of the Living Dead, he's like, Bob, do you have something to say? Bob's the director of the Sylvia North story, the movie that Camilla, in real life, the movie that Camilla beat Diane for the role for. Okay. That's the director for the movie that kind of spurred her craziness. Okay. Cool. <laughs> At the end, with the, I don't know. I, I mean, I appreciate it. It's just like all three of these in a row. It's just like it just keeps beating you down. I'm just trying to think of what's yeah. happening. And then in her dream, she's also like ho- she's dreaming about the hitman being terrible at his job. So there's that okay. whole scene because she's hoping she's 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 got the guilt now that she's handed the money over to Dundee and she's thinking, well, maybe he sucks and it won't happen. But then she wakes up and sees the blue key and it's like, well, shit. Yep. So yeah, so she's dead then. The, yes. Oh, the at lover. the end of the movie, she's dead. Yeah, yeah. they're both dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's technically dead for like the whole movie. Well, that's how it opens, right? With the is that what the opening scene is with the limo? Well, that's 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 her dream on the it failing because right. she because that's how she gets. But that's back. what I'm saying. Like in reality, though, that crash actually killed her. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And time wise, when the when she starts dreaming is probably when the girl gets killed. Yeah, it's like while it, that's happening. Yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. And there's those in, okay. in her dream, you know how those men are like following them around? Like when they go to Diane's apartment in the dream, there's yes. like those men there. Yes. That's I think those people are following Betty, not Rita. And I don't know if it's like her subconscious, like trying to wake her up. Like when they get to her apartment and they see the dead body. And then when they go to Club Silencio and um, Silencio. Betty starts violently shaking. I'm like, is that like her subconscious, like trying to wake her up? The other point is, is it a dream or is it like an alternate dimension that she's imagining? I mean, could be both. It, who's to say? Yeah, because the whole box thing yeah. confused me. That's what threw me off. The box? The box, where they open up a box and then they just disappear. That's because the At box the is reality, Blaine. The, the blue key unlocks the box of reality. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think I was thinking too much into the, like what the hell the box was, but... Hey, that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's why we're here. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate yeah. it, man. Interesting. I, I, that was probably my favorite movie out of the three, though. Because mm. it had, agree. it had the most, like what, like trying to piece stuff together. I had the most fun trying to piece that together. Yeah. You got some, uh, you got some facts for us, Blaine? And we got to rank them. Rank them. Duke oh, Duke. Duke's nukes. I'm what nu- you got, Jack? I'm nuking Blue Velvet. Okay. Because I think while I liked it, the second most, I think. I think Eraserhead's just more important, even though I liked it less. I totally understand and, what you're and saying. And then if yeah. I have to stack everything based on importance on what it is, the way I liked it, and my enjoyment with all of it, Mahalan Drive is number one. Sure. I think that would be number one. Mm-hmm. I I have the... I would say mine is exactly the same. Yeah. If if I had to nuke... I love all these. Yeah, I, I would. Yeah. I, I, I really love all these, but yeah, I would say... Blue, if if one of them didn't need to exist, Blue Velvet. Yep. Yeah, and I I agree too. I just 
But it's a good movie. I just have to. <laughs> I can't go back and ever watch a. Ra- I don't think I can ever go back and watch a. Razorhead. And, the, and the thing is, is I that, think I have to nuke it. But the I thing just, is, I that, get what you're saying. And the th- Blaine did not like uh-huh. Razorhead. Watching Blaine watch a Razorhead might be the best thing ever. <laughs> I was not a fan of that movie. <laughs> he was just sitting there going, what? I, I totally agree. I think Eraserhead had a lot more to say than Blue Velvet. Oh, and my gosh. Dude. And there was the part where he was like rubbing her eye. Yeah. <laughs> Jack's just going, stop, stop. Ew, ew, he's just going, ew, ew, <laughs> ew, ew, ew. <laughs> just wouldn't stop. <laughs> the, uh, no, but even though I ranked Blue Velvet last, that would be the one I would recommend people watch still. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's the weirdest <laughs> thing. Like, yeah. No, it was a weird. Even though that's the one that I think was in quotations the, the least worst, impactful, yeah. enjoyable one that I watched. But if I were to only watch one, I would still pick Blue, Blue Velvet, Velvet. Yeah, which is very odd. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. So I'm I'm, I'm nuking Eraser, mm-hmm. and then uh, Blue and Mahone are my nu- Dukes. Yeah, Mahone Drive being your favorite. Yep. Yeah. What a trendsetter. Yeah. Uh, Thank you. I knew I knew it was going to be risky to. Uh, no, to show you guys these films, but I, th- I I thought you would at least I thought I, I thought you would at least enjoy having seen them. Maybe not the actual experience of watching them at the time. Well, um, it was a lot to watch all three of them. Yes, it was. See, I'm but at sorry. the same time, though, but at the same time, though, I'd rather watch all three in a row than space them out between three weeks while watching two other movies along with the other David Lynch movie. I, yeah, I agree because after number two, I was like, oh, number three is going to be hard to get through. <laughs> and it was my favorite one. I, I'm glad, like, no, once I, it picked up, but, like, yeah. waiting, spacing them out between weeks, I don't know if I would have been... No, those are definitely, like, I would not have... to get back in. Right. Like, if we watched Blue Velvet last, that would have been such, like, a... Yeah, like a that would have been bad. Unclimactic oh, yeah. just thing that happened. That one, I was like, that's, that's I was debating starting with Eraserhead or Blue Velvet, and I thought, I, I, I thought Eraserhead would be a good cream of the Oreo. Yeah, so that's no, what I we agree. Did. Yep. I think the only way, other way we could have watched them would have been Eraserhead first, and then by you just saying, this is the weird one. Yeah. And yeah. Then, and then going, we're going to just do a soft one in the middle, and then we'll do a mix of both at the end. Yeah. 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 I think but, that's why I like Mahone Drive the best, is because it's, it's, it's a mix of all his stuff, and it's definitely more out there than Blue Velvet. Yeah. It, but, you, but it's not as far out there as Eraserhead. I mean, it, it's literally like a mix of like a dream. It, it, like if I had to pick two movies to squish this into being Mulholland Drive, it would be Eyes Wide Shut, maybe sometimes they're open, mm-hmm. and Jackie Brown. Int- yeah, okay, I got you. Those two movies combined together make Mulholland Drive. Interesting. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, because it's got the mystery, the reveals, and the dreamness of all of it, and mm-hmm. they all three, like I, I think all three of those could be like, interchangeably watched together as like a three sitting movie yeah that'd be a good the, the, that'd like, be a good triple feature like, like dream a long ass triple feature oh, it would be, be a good one yeah because <laughs> they're all jackie brown and eyes wide they're all two and a half hours yeah <laughs> so, I, just, I need to see jackie brown watch it yeah yeah if only we did a week on that <laughs> we didn't well, we kind of did. We kind of did. You, yeah, but that was like <laughs> not the actual movies in the week. God, that was one of them. Yeah, well, no, it wasn't. It was a side thing you guys it, did. It was for us. Yeah, but you weren't invited. I was invited. You say where I your, just said nah. We say where your allegiances lie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what do you facts, Blaine? Whoa, whoa, okay, whoa, so, whoa, 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 whoa. Question dance. But there's no questions. It's just facts. Mm, what do we do? No do little do? bit of love. No, a little bit of love, a little bit of hate. Okay, a little bit of hate. A little bit of hate. Give me, okay. give me an angry That's face. That's fitting. <laughs> that was a noise. <laughs> that was no fun. <laughs> cat. Yeah. All right. We're, we'll start with the racer head. Okay. Since that's what we started the uh, podcast on. So, um, we already did the shining fact, um, and then this is kind of to do with the uh, five year. So we already talked about how it took five years to do the whole film. So just some facts with that. Um, at one point when Henry opens the door, um, Nance, I think, is that the neighbor? Sure. Whoever that is, um, from when they see her um, and then the door opens, uh, she jumps 18 months in age <laughs> um, because of the film being drawn out so much. That I was watching the special features and David Lynch was talking. He's, he's like, we'd... We'd shoot the scene where uh, Henry uh, Henry opens the door, and then a year later he would walk through the door. Yeah, 
I'm like, God, making a movie like that must have been like so hard to just keep track of. And then what one the of the cinem- cinematographers, I can't even speak, yeah. uh, died in his sleep during it. So they had to no, find not him. during it. He had to leave Eraserhead and work on a different project. And okay. then a few but, years later, he died. But during the five year span is what I'm saying. Did he really? Okay. Yeah, because yeah. they had to find someone else. Mm-hmm. Why did this take five years? Funding. But like, it's not that expensive of a movie looking. Uh-huh. Like, where would the money go to that? Film stock. That's it? I mean, it was his first film. I, I mean, yeah, but like, I, I mean, like, I believe you, but it's just like, I just don't, it just, it must have been super low budget and they had zero money for it. Yeah. They were all like working. Uh, David Lynch's job during this was a paper route that he would do. He would do, he, it was like a two hour paper route that he got down to like an hour and he would go oh, do that. So he wasn't funded by like a studio. No. So no. he oh, didn't go. Okay. He didn't go to film okay. school. Okay. He was working through the American Film Institute and using their equipment, but they weren't giving him money to actually make the movie. They were just lending him equipment, and he met like the cinematographer and people through the AFI. Got it. But there was no money involved from them, so they were trying to get you know independent financiers and stuff, and it just took a long time because it's such a weird film because people kept looking at. The script, which was like 21 pages, which should be a 21 minute thing, but well, it just, it just the head is, is about 90 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so people were looking at the script and going, no, I'm not giving you money for whatever the hell this is. No. So a fact with the, uh, the pages you just mentioned. Uh-huh. So uh, just for reference, typically it's 90 to 120 pages for a film that length. Yeah. It's it, for like about a, a page a minute. Yeah. Is, is what they say. But like you could, you know, you write a sentence, Henry walks on Little Dirt Mountains. But then that sequence in Eraserhead takes 10 minutes. Right. <laughs> yeah. So my last fact is the movie starts with 10 and a half minutes of no Silence. dialogue. And then the last 20 to 30 minutes of the film is no dialogue. That's your facts. Interesting. Epic. For, for that For that movie. Uh, Blue Velvet. So Isabel Rosalini, uh, she is Dorothy. Dorothy Valance. Yes. Um, so that scene where Frank comes in and like is telling her to do stuff. Shut up. Oh yeah, and then Don't spread her legs. Me. Well, show it to me. During that, she was actually naked under the robe. Uh huh. And the actor that played uh, Frank didn't know that. So he's just like, it's kind of like an actual realistic reaction Damn. when he saw it because he didn't know she was actually naked. Oh. So the thing Frank during. His weirdness, he every once in a while pulls out like the oxygen, the oxygen or whatever, but it's called. So they were originally going to do helium. Okay. But um, David Lynch thought it was going to make people laugh if he had a high voice. Yeah. So he ended up, they ended up changing it to uh, a meal nitrate, which is just something you breathe in to like enhance your sexual um, urges. Oh, so that's what he was breathing in. Okay. So when he was, whenever he was like, and it makes sense now thinking back, looking at it, every time he would, after he did it, he would just start about he becomes, talking about like sex. That's and, when he becomes baby is when he inhales. Yeah. That's when he switches between the daddy and baby. Because that's when she walks in, when he first walks into her apartment, Dorothy goes, hi, baby. And he goes, it's daddy, you shithead. But and then, then right after that, in. he breathes it in and becomes baby. That weird crap, man. Okay, those are my facts I for that. I like it. And then Mulholland Drive. <laughs> okay, so Adam Kesher, uh, the smashing of the producer's car. So at one point in the movie, he takes a... Uh, uh, golf club. Golf club, sorry. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. You're welcome. Um, and smashes a windshield. Um, that is a reference to Jack Nich- Nicholson. Um, in 1994, um, a dude reported to the police that uh, Jack Nicholson took a club and hit his uh, windshield of the Mercedes-Benz um, while he cut him off at a red light. Yeah. So it's it's a reference to that. They just don't make him like they used to. Yep. We had this discussion Wait, Yeah, Jack Nicholson, Robert Forster, who appears for one scene in Mulholland Drive. Dude, honestly, that might have been my least favorite part of the movie. <laughs> that he didn't show up again? Yeah. I know, because I, I, I was kind of tricking you when I was like, look who it is, Jack. It's your favorite guy. <laughs> and then he's gone. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so um, sad. On the way to her audition, Laura Herring, so she plays Rita, um, It was in a minor car accident. Oh, shit. Wow. 
Fun fact. Glad she remembered where to go. Yeah. All right. Uh, she remembered her name that time. So the dude who played the cowboy? Yes. Monty Montgomery? Um, could not remember his lines. So through the whole thing, when he was saying his lines, people had to hold up boards for him. <laughs> Love it. Like like Marlon Brando in yeah. The Godfather. Makes sense that he was, that was one of the only two things that he ever acted in. Well, it's because he, he isn't an actor. I yeah. know. He's one of the best friends of David Lynch. And he works on, he does something. He does background film. stuff. Yeah. He's a crew member. Yeah, so he's yeah. not an actor. That's why. Mm-hmm. Um, Neither is, so the guy that plays the mafia guy who drinks the espresso, mm. that's the composer. Interesting. And actually in Blue Velvet, he's the guy playing piano when Dorothy Valens is singing. Nice. Yeah. Hmm. So that's just, and he actually died this, or last year. Angelo hmm. Bellamente. Rip. Right. My last fact, the film is the second film that was nominated for the for only the best director Oscar uh, for David Lynch. Mm. Uh, the first film was Blue Velvet. Really? I, w- I would think it'd be Elephant Man because that was like his, that's his like critical darling film. Like uh, Elephant Man was like an Oscar film. I mean, it might have been nominated for more though because this was only, it only got only nominated director. for best director. Yeah, so no Oscar. no nominations for best actor or actress right. or anything else. Gotcha. Interesting. That's all my facts. All right, do do watching. Uh, we're finally done with that. <laughs> I liked it. It was just, it just burned me. <laughs> Understandable. It's it's dense. Um, I'll start. Uh, I'll start because I'm quick. Uh, I watched Twin Peaks Fire Walk with me and a couple episodes of Twin Peaks. Nice because David Lynch and that's it. Uh, I didn't watch anything new. I just watched some more of the shows that I always say every week: The Food Show, The Bad Batch, and Vinland Saga. Vinland Saga is getting better because season two started bad. But I've been told that. The beginning was of season two would be bad based on how the original mana goes. What's it called? Manga. Oh yeah, <laughs> mana. <laughs> I didn't really watch much. The Did only you thing watch we watched Parks is, and Rec. Yeah, we watched Parks and Rec. Oh, nice. So we're almost done with season two. We're on, I think we're on twenty. Is Mark 22. gone yet? Is no, he gone? no. He's he's, at, he's gone at the start of season three. So we have like okay. two episodes left of him. Gotcha. Isn't it amazing though? What a great show. I actually like it. It's getting, it, it, it's good. only going to get better from here. The main actress, uh, I did not like her at the beginning. Yeah, they didn't know what she to was, do with she her. She was too much, but like she she's, pretty she's pretty good. When Amy Poehler has good material to work with, she's really excellent. Yeah. It, I, she's she underrated. Really good. Yeah, it, it's been amazing. Yeah, people talk about Tina Fey a lot, and Tina Fey's great, but like Amy Poehler is more my jam. Do you, do you uh you remember Inside Out? She plays Joy. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. She plays like that high up, you know. Yeah. It, it, I mean, that's why they picked her. Yeah. For the exact role that you're watching her now, and yeah, yeah. It, it's good. And you it, can see, really and you is. can see why. <laughs> then who's the dude that leaves? I already forgot Mark. his name. Mark. So I can't stand Mark. Good. He's the most <laughs> boring. Like, I didn't mind him when it first started, but the more I watch it, like get rid of this. That's dude, why Jack man. didn't even remember him, get dude. Rid honestly, of him. I had to look him up, and I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> news. All right, well, big thing of news first. Oh. Um, Avatar, the second one, Splish Splash, a little bit of wetness, uh-huh. uh, okay. is now the fourth highest grossing film of all time, now passing The Force Awakens. Awesome. Yay. I guess. Great. Yeah, it's whatever. Is it? It's, a, it's still in theaters, right? How much longer is it in theaters? Dude? Two um, years. However it's long, got two more years. <laughs> however long it's going to stay in there, they'll re-release it. Until it becomes the number one Yeah, I was going to say, until they make all the money. Uh, Michael Jackson biopic officially in development. Get excited. We've got like three of those already. Well, this one's different. They're uh, casting a younger crew. Um, <laughs> no, I made that up. <laughs> Is it, wasn't that the whole Finding Neverland document? We already have this. <laughs> Whatever. Okay, next uh, news. Boo. Oh, did you see Ooh. the Oscar nominations? Do you care? Oscars? Not really. Awards? No, I don't no, care. Not really. Well, you I, mean, I don't first. care either. It's, uh, best picture nominees are... Well, I mean, maybe... Just I'll read the best just pictures. Go. Yeah, just do uh, best pictures. Yeah, I'll, I'll read another category, see if you like... Okay. If you, I'll read the titles, see if you care. Okay. Like, All Quiet in the Western Front. I saw that. Anybody else watch that? No, you said that was good, though. It was good. It's a Netflix thing. Nice. Uh, Avatar... <laughs> no. What was that? <laughs> for best picture. Oh, that best was picture. nominated for this best is, picture. These are all, gotcha. these are all nominated gotcha, for gotcha. best gotcha. picture. Sorry, continue. Okay. The Banshees of Inertion. Sure. So good. Sure. That's my favorite. Elvis... Okay. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Mm. I haven't seen it. I, I don't think that's best picture worthy. The at all. Fablemans. I heard that was really good. That's Spielberg. That, that is the Spielberg yeah. childness or something. I actually want to. I want to see that. I heard that's good, but I heard it flopped like financially. Yeah, yeah. I, but I, I, but I, but everybody saw it. Thought it was good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just Tar. I was yeah. talking about Tar. I need to. Yeah. 
Uh, Top Gun Maverick. Okay. Uh, Triangle of Sadness. Uh, not familiar with that one. Uh, I've heard a little bit about it. And Women Talking. Not familiar with I've, that I've one either. I've heard that one name, but I don't know anything about Women okay. Talking. <laughs> it's just a funny name to say in that sentence. And also, all the other, yeah, oh yeah, all the other categories have like less. If you want me to read them, though, so like they all have like five ish or so left. Okay. Best director, do you care about best director? Uh, is there anybody I'd know? Daniels, Martin McDowell, Ruben Osloon, Steven Spielberg, and Todd Field. Okay, and it's for Fablemans for Spielberg. Yeah. Uh, lead actor: Austin Butler, Bill Nye, Brendan Fraser, Colin Farrell, and Paul Meskel. Any of those ring a bell for you or care? Yeah. I mean, but I care? don't care. Yeah, okay. Lead actress, Anna de Armas, Andrea Roseborough, Kate Blanchett, Michelle Williams, and Michelle Yole. Supporting actor, Barry Kialga. <laughs> you have to just supporting actor. <laughs> supporting actress, adapted screenplay, original screenplay, animated feature. Who would care about animated feature? Puss in Boots. Uh, Pinocchio's on there. Okay. The Netflix one, not the Disney one. Right. Uh, Marshall, the shell, the movie with shoes on, with shoes on. Okay. Puss in Boots. Nice. The Sea Beast. I don't know what that is. That was a Netflix. It's a Netflix one with Carl Urban. It was, it wasn't bad, but it, it wasn't Netflix worthy of being nominated. nominated for Oscars. Yeah. I oh know yeah. All their feature length films. Sure. Western, all quiet on the Western front was. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't have to go in theaters to be a film. It has to be like released, I guess. Okay. They've changed the, the rules with the times. Yeah, sure. I mean, I feel like Netflix is well. Netflix big also to put get an that audience. Makes, that makes sense. Well, they also yeah. put stuff in there. Like Netflix does put some movies in theaters. Like yeah. Knives Out was in theaters, right. even though it's a Netflix movie. It, it, Pinocchio was for it had a limited release, but I it was in yeah. theaters. But it was even shorter than Knives Out. Yeah. And then last but not least, best animated feature. Blaine, get excited. We just did this. Nope, it was the I skipped one. Oh, Turning Red. Oh my god. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> oh well you're gonna get excited about this yay uh g carlo esposito yeah he was joins the cast of coppola's new movie megaopolis oh dude i'm so excited for that movie coppola's had that movie i'm i'm so excited to see what coppola does with a sci-fi movie and th- it's also a passion project of his that's taken forever to get made because again financing yeah because it's gonna be he needs a big budget but, you know, movie makers like him and Scorsese, they don't really get money anymore. Which is kind of surprising because yeah. all their stuff still, like, while not, like, out of the park, it's still very safe, like, financially, if I had to guess. Like, The Irishman. Scorsese had a tough time finding funding for The Irishman or, like, Silence. Well, until Netflix got it. That's the thing. Right. He had to go to Netflix to get funding for it. Which is which wild, because yeah, especially the it's Scorsese and well, Coppola, he did The Godfather, but not even Scorsese, not even the fact that like it is him. Well, it is, but at the same time, it's like if you just hand somebody that and says, "Oh, it's just a mobster movie," like there's no explosions or like it's it's a mobster movie. Just give right. me some old timey cars from the old timey car warehouse. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's not that hard, right? Um, Megalopolis does need a lot of money though. Justin Roiland got you- fired from everything; he got canceled. Uh, so he, oh, I've been waiting for that, honestly. Yeah, it's been it's been time coming, but like yeah. he was going to court recently, and somebody like, why is he going to court? And then somebody found like all of like you know, because he did a lot of bad stuff mm-hmm. without going into details. Yeah, but long story short, Rick and Morty is still happening, but he they're gonna have to find new voices to do Rick and Morty. All right, that show's over. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious. Well, because I've I've been reading a bunch of stuff on that, but apparently ever since like season three, he hasn't had like creative like, input. He hasn't had any creative input. He's only done the voices. Okay. So I think if you can just find, you know, like, just go on TikTok and you find a guy who does a Rick impression, I feel like it would be fine. I just, you're going to have a bunch of hardcore fans going, it's not the same after season, what, season six? Seven. I think they already filmed seven because I think season seven was supposed to come out this summer, but they might push it back. Okay. Depending on how, because a lot of people are just like, they don't know how to feel, but I think it'll be fine. I think it will actually be fine. Okay. Like, but I mean, it could be bad, but I think if anything, it'll be the same. If not, they'll try harder to make it better because they gotcha. know they have to make it better. Gotcha. Okay. Last bit of news, Will. I saved this one first for you. Okay. Willem Dafoe. <gasps> he is officially in talks to star in Robert Eggers' upcoming <gasps> Nosferatu remake. Yes. Yes. I'm so excited about that. Yeah, that sounds yeah. cool. So Blaine, Robert Eggers, the guy who did The Witch, The Lighthouse, and The Northman. Okay. And then Willem Dafoe. Of course, but Will Defoe's in the lighthouse in the Northmen, so he's the makes, Green Goblin. Makes and I'm sure um, Anya Taylor Joy will be in there somewhere. Yeah, because Robert Eggers is the one who like discovered her. 
Her first big role was the witch. Mm-hmm. Okay. In classic Nosferatu. Yeah. Blaine, you, you've seen him before in that episode of SpongeBob. Yeah. Where he okay. flickers the lights on <laughs> and off. Nosferatu. That's okay. exactly, that's how I know him. Yeah. Is from that. I've, I've, I've seen the original silent film, but that's because however- I know of... Nosferatu, I first heard of because of that SpongeBob episode. Oh, that's how I was like, does. I mean, as a kid, I was like, oh, that thing is terrifying. What is that? Seasons one to three, SpongeBob, iconic. Yeah. Well, cool. Beautiful. That was the news. Now we're done. Yeah. We're, now done. we're done. We're done. We're leaving. All right, do our outro. Uh, well, what do we do? My Wi-Fi works, but I'll I'll wing it. I won't read it this time, even though I misread it every week. Um, Whoosh. that's me flapping my wings. Oh, wing it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> go. Um, well, we got to talk about next week. Yeah, go. Uh, yeah, okay, it. okay. We're going to do, everybody's going to pick a movie that somebody else hasn't seen, and then we're going to watch it and we're going to see if we like it. Well, what is the movie you're picking that we have not seen? Uh, I'm picking The Blob from 1988. Awesome. It sounds like Flubber. Okay, yeah, okay. Sure. I, I don't know anything about it. That's just, when I hear Blob, I think of Flubber. Blob looks like Flubber. Does your movie ever Robin Williams? No. Ah, well. Blaine, what's your movie? Stardust. 2007. Whoa! Wow, <laughs> we're the cast looked excited. His has like De Niro and uh, Ian Charlie McKellen, Cox. Charlie Cox, yep, some good, good stuff movie. going on there. Jack, what's Generoso? your movie? Uh, I picked Puss in Boots: The Last Wish. Ooh, the yes. newest movie was the year this year, or last year, twenty twenty two, twenty twenty two. Came out last month or whatever. <laughs> so good. I'm surprised Blaine has not seen it yet. I know. I just haven't gotten. to I think it Blaine yet. will like it a lot, but I think Will will appreciate it because I don't think Will is going to like it as much as we like it. But I think he might appreciate it more just on the animation style. I'll keep an open mind, and I'd, I'd 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 rather enjoy a movie than not. So, leave a five star review and tell us what faces Blaine should do next <laughs> that, uh, that you can't see. Tell us, um, send us a tweet or on our Twitter. Uh, send us an email, dukesdukespot@gmail dot com. Tell emails about demon babies, and <laughs> dude, we're just. I hope the inbox gets flooded with pictures of like deformed babies. I don't, because I'm the only one who looks at the email. I know. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. Nobody makes it this far. We won't get any. Oh, yeah. Except for Frank. That's the name of our viewer this week. It's oh, Frank. God. Frank. Oh, Frank. Frank's no. just listening to the podcast and taking in the sex gas. Oh, demon babies. <laughs> All right. Continue. Uh, Puss in boots. Fuck that shit. <laughs> Charlie Cox, <laughs> Stardust. <laughs> uh, I think that's it. We'll see you all next week mm. for the for our favorite movies that the other people that do this thing have not seen. Yeah, yay! Bye, this bye. T- this took too long. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>